0: Are you an entrepreneur looking to scale your venture? Do you have ideas on how to take Canadian entrepreneurship to new heights? Join more than 2,000 entrepreneurs, investors, industry, and government leaders in Ottawa on October 19th at Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Keynotes, workshops, hackathons, startup, scale up, and skill stages growth partner zones, and a mentor genius zone. Get plugged into the Canadian entrepreneurship community in one place, all in one day. Scale your startup and have your say through the most influential and high-impact event in Canada's entrepreneurship community. Get your tickets today to the Startup Canada Day on the Hill on October 19th. For more information, visit startupday.ca.
1: The Startup Canada Awards recognizes excellence in Canada's entrepreneurship community. This year, we invite you to join us at one of six regional celebrations across Canada. Join us in Ottawa on August 24th, Montreal on September 12th, Kamloops September 15th, Fredericton on September 17th, Whitehorse on September 19th, and Edmonton on September 21st. And join us at the grand finale in Ottawa on October 19th as part of the Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Come celebrate alongside the movers and shakers of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Visit StartupAward.ca for more information and get your tickets now. to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada.
0: Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations Workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Roam Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Roam Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash small business. Sharing the journey of real Canadian changemakers and the impact they have on the world we live in. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast.
2: million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett. If you're looking to access the best-in-class mastermind group, then I invite you to join my own Rockstar Mastermind. We teach people how to learn and build a successful company from scratch. Visit the rockstarmastermind.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to put uh, this down as a I am so glad we're getting a second take on this conversation. It's going to be an awesome second take. Um, Taylor and I chatted a little while ago, and unfortunately, technical didn't happen, but the conversation did. And we wanted to make sure that we uh, we got him to uh, to be back on the podcast. And so many thanks to him. But I know you're going to really enjoy this conversation. I sure did the first time. Let's see if, if he can do the same thing the second time. <laughs> uh, and I apologize, folks. I just came back from the Startup International uh, um, sorry, the, the Startup, uh, International Festival in Montreal, and uh, me and a group of entrepreneurs really hit old Montreal well. So, uh, But we're going to keep this thing going. We're just thrilled to have as our guest today, Taylor Schold. He's the founder of the Schold Media Group and an associate producer at Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. Taylor is a networking entrepreneur whose goal it is to connect like-minded individuals in media with one another through networking. His journey began back in 2004 when he took a co-op placement at the sports department for Rogers Television, and since then has been involved with the development of broadcasting different sports programs, notably the NHL Network. Today is amassed a conglomerate portfolio of connections. It's a true story within the media industry. And uh, we're going to be talking to Taylor today about some of the challenges he's faced, <coughs> excuse me me when entering the broadcasting industry how he managed to overcome them and what you can do to get your foot in the door of networking and i remember this conversation i had with taylor about uh about, i'm going to tell my daughter about you so second time around
3: great to have you back
2: taylor thanks so much for your
3: time hey thanks for having me again
2: so let's kind of dive into it you've had a run, run on it already what do you want our listeners to take away from uh, from our talk today my friend
3: Well, I think if you're in any kind of business, especially the media business like I am, networking is the number one thing you can do to get your name and your business out there. And it's one of those things I think people are a little scared to do sometimes that they may be shy or they might not know the right approach Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. But you definitely have to get out there and, you know, kind of let those fears subside and meet as many different people in your selected industry as possible because that's the only way you're going to grow your business and grow your portfolio.
2: Right on, right on. And when when you, when you, when you started the sold media group, it really wasn't quote unquote to make money. It was, I'm going to see where this goes. And, uh, this, this networking approach focusing in on, you know, people in the media, uh, for you to grow your network. And so, I mean, it was, is that, that was the case. Am I correct when I
3: say that? Yeah, like I was um, working at the CBC for Hockey Night in Canada, and I was um, pretty fearful that I was going to be losing my job. The yep. CBC had just had a whole bunch of budget cuts, hundred $100 million, you know, cut from the government. So we knew that, you know, hard times were coming at the CBC. Right and on. It, it, It's unionized there. So I knew that as one of the newer people, I was probably going to be shown the door pretty quickly. And I needed to know or meet new people within the media industry because I only knew the people at CBC. So I kind of thought to myself, well, how can I figure out a way to meet people with it being mutually beneficial? I don't want to be the person always asking and taking. I want to be able to make it a conversation between uh, someone who's in the industry and myself. But then the best way I thought to actually do that would be to broadcast those conversations, kind of like what we're doing here, but to a media-specific audience who might have kind of the same questions that I have. So from there, I kind of figured out, well, how can I you know, meet these people and and talk and talk to them? So I started a website, and I just basically said, hey, there's my website. I want to chat with you and post everything on here. It's called showmediagroup.com. And from there, people were very receptive, and it kind of just grown like crazy since then. And so um, here's
2: a question for you. Uh, why Why are people... And, and I've been fortunate enough to interview some really, you know, high profile individuals. Uh, not that they're any better than anybody else who I've interviewed, but pretty high profile. Um, why is it that podcasts are so attractive for these people to, uh, to uh, I, mean, I mean, it's really not that difficult once you start reaching out occasionally, or sorry, on a couple of times to get people to say, yeah, I'm in, count me in. Why, why podcasting is so popular these days?
3: Well, podcasting or even like what I do on my site is I actually just email people questions and then they can fill them out and send them back on it whenever they have the free time. Right on. So I I think basically people are pretty um, vain in a sense that they do want to talk about themselves and they do want to share their own stories. But I think that things are so easy now. Like this conversation you and I are having, I'm sitting at my house on my computer and we're just chatting like we're having a phone call. Yeah. And it's super easy to do. And the way that I conduct my interviews online is just simply through email. And so right. people can do them whenever they have time and they can think about their answers. They can go back and change them. They can send them to me whenever they want. So it makes them really easy. But plus podcasts and these articles, you can listen to them or read them on the go now. You can read them on the train. You can read them while you're walking, not walking to work, but when you're on your commute to work. Yes. Or when you're sitting at your desk, just typing away, you can kind of take a break and maybe you have them on in the background. Um, so it's really easy to also consume These things too, so people know they're getting out there more than ever before.
2: What was the what's the one of the most um, epic conversations that you had? And and I appreciate your you know you're 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 doing the interviews differently than I am, but it's still conversations. Right. Um, What is one of the most epic conversations you had with one of your guests that isn't a typical high profile person that people would regularly know?
3: Mm, That's a good question. Um, (laughs) I don't have anyone just like jumping off the page. Um, But I know the conversations that we do have, it's surprising that people who, you know, actually do have a person, her name's Ann Ransick. She runs a PR company and she's in Toronto. And she just was so smart and has so many great ideas about um, networking within her PR field, but also how I could help grow my own brand. And she was really, really surprising because doesn't have a huge social media presence. People don't really know her that much, but her or her clients, I bet you know her and really appreciate the work uh, that she does.
2: Uh, yeah. And I find that a lot too. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of the quote unquote unsung heroes that are really doing cool work. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I know I've got that opportunity too. I was interviewed a, a lady from rural PEI and just, you know, took so many lessons off of doing that. It was so, so, so awesome. So, uh, so really cool. So, um, look, what are the similarities and differences between working for a company company and, and, and one, one of your own. And, um, you know, that's a, it's, it's an interesting balance, particularly in these days where people, I think more and more are taking that approach, it's being much more accepted than it was before, but, uh, in your experience, what's the, how, how do you, how do you approach that on a, on a, say a week by week basis of doing what you need to do for work with your, uh, in our high level position with, as a, as a producer to ultimately also running the Schultz Media Group?
3: Yeah, so it is, a uh... You know, pretty fine line. You gotta walk sometimes. Like I don't want anything that I do on my side job to interfere with my regular day right. job. Right. The regular day job is like my passion. That's what I love doing. I love working at hockey night. I love working at sports Stuff I do is like what I've always dreamed about doing. Yes. And then the side hustle that I do for Should Media Group, that's almost to enhance my my own career and my own skill set within my regular day job but at yeah. the same time I'm helping other people with their own career as well yes. which this whole industry is all about karma as well and I think that <laughs> if, if I can help as many different people as I can that only is going to help reflect better on me and it's only going to help my you know network in in the future which it, it has in spades like I've met so many great people so many interesting people who have not only shared their stories with me their advice but they've all being they' now become friends and that's how you build yeah. real relationships and how you actually can network with people on a you know a tangible level and it's not just collecting LinkedIn connections it's actually collecting people that you you, you trust and it kind of becomes your own little tribe.
2: Yeah, you know that's so interesting. I, again, I just came back from the um, from the International Startup Festival in Montreal, and they were talking about the difference between networking and relationships. And I think that's really what you're reinforcing there. Very, very, very cool. And you see so many people at chamber events, so on. You know, they they they've, they they take real pride in giving out as many business cards as they can. But uh, at the end, they just they just have talked to a bunch of people, and there's really no substance behind it. And uh, I, I love that you're reinforcing that. And so. Can you talk about, I mean, that's pretty cool stuff. When I mean, as our audience is listening coast to coast, you know, we're talking to an associate producer at Sportsnet and hockey night in Canada. And, and they, you know, just the words alone really give great, great uh, celebrity hood to all that piece. How did that all come about? Did, did you, is it following your, your, the same approach you did with, with the show media group and relationships that ultimately led you to that opportunity?
3: Definitely. Because when I got, Uh, let go from CBC originally. I used the networking that I had done to get a job uh, freelance at Sportsnet. And then I became an associate producer at the NHL Network using connections I had from CBC to help me get a full-time job at the NHL Network. And then when Rogers took over the national hockey package, that $5.2 billion deal that got so (laughs) publicized, I knew a lot of the people who were working at Sportsnet and at CBC through my past experiences and people who I'd worked with at CBC, Hockey Night, um, Sportsnet, and the NHL Network who were all kind of conglomerating to go into one uh, big group. So I needed to figure out a way to get into that group. So I basically found out who was doing the hiring, who the new manager was going to be. And basically I talked to every single person I knew who knew this person to say, Hey, listen, you should try to give Taylor a shot give him an interview. Let him come in for a chat. Like, you know, I applied online the same way that everyone else does and mm. put in my resume and my cover letter and all that stuff. But it was really my personal connections to the, my new manager who, allowed me to get the actual interview and then come in and chat with them. And then from there I was top of the pile because I had all these references of people he knew and that he could trust. And I think that's a big thing too. It's one thing to have, you know, high profile people on your resume as references, but if they don't know the person who's doing the hiring or they don't have a relationship with that person, it really doesn't matter that much. So I tried to, you know, I was offered to have Ron McLean as one of my references, but it's like, does Ron McLean know this guy that well?
0: Mm -hmm. He's coming Mm from TSN
3: he doesn't have the same, uh, relationship with Ron McLean as someone else who he may have worked with in the past. So I targeted those people who may not have been as high profile as like, you know, hockey nights, Ron McLean, but they were really re- close to my new boss. And I really think that helped me out.
2: I love that comment, man. It's so, so, so brilliant. I mean, you see so many people making those reference points because of people that have got high profile, but they have no relevancy to, uh, to the person that, uh, that, that you're trying to connect with. And, and, and as you're talking like this, Taylor, what goes through my head is this is, this is sales one one uh, you know, it's no different whether or not you're looking for a job or you're trying to get a, get a hold of a customer. Can you kind of talk on those parallels?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we also do testimonials on my website. We have people, you know, write in and say why they follow the group. And the reason I do that is because I want people to see that what I'm doing with Children Media Group is really helping people and that people actually take value in our tweets and our Instagram posts and our articles and our job postings and our uh, YouTube videos of, you know, interviews that we're doing with people within the industry. Mm -hmm. And that it's not something that, you know, you'll just, You click on once in a while and then forget about it. You'll actually, if you really want to be successful, you'll absorb all the information. And going back to your point, if by doing these testimonials and people are actually absorbing it and enjoying the content, it's actually going to make other people want to follow along as well. And it's, again, that personal touch that really gives you that sense of, oh, maybe I should check this out.
2: So let's, let's kind of segue a bit to the Schold Media Group website. Um, one is, what's the, uh, what's the, the website address? Because uh, I want to send people there.
3: Yeah, it's scholdmediagroup.com. So S-H-O-L-D, mediagroup.com. And we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, uh, we're everywhere. So you can find it pretty easily on anything, just searching Should Media Group.
2: And and it's really focused in on uh, on media uh, professionals, or have you found that that's really expanded into uh, other other you know niches groups, if I could call it that.
3: Yeah. So originally it started like, you know, if you want to be a sports broadcaster, come mm. to this website. That's because I that's what I was into. Sure. I mean, we still have a heavy ties and heavy roots in sports broadcasting on the site, just because that's kind of my main sure. um, career focus. But then we've also expanded it to news journalists, entertainment hosts, um And then we've also gone to PR people because PR and journalism these days seems to be crossing over much more than it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we really open it up to anybody in communications or in the media, journalism, anything like that. If you're into that field or want to get into on-camera work or writing – it's good for that, but there's also a lot of good, very like generic-type career-based articles on there, too, You know, how to stand out when applying for a job, um, why you should maybe have your own website as a portfolio if you're in a certain field, different right. things like that that anybody from any field could really go on to and check out, and it would probably help them out as well.
2: So it sounds like you, um, I mean, you've really created a value for an audience. Uh, So the next question comes as a businessman, is there a revenue model with this? Or is it purely at this point, just doing what you love to do, helping as many people as you can? And then, you know, as they they say, you serve enough people, you'll get enough back.
3: A little bit of both. It started basically with no revenue model whatsoever. And it really doesn't have one Right now, we do have media networking events where we charge like five bucks to come in. So we're not making a fortune. We're just making enough to kind of cover our costs. Right, um, right. We have the YouTube videos that are sponsored by Bob Cage and Brewing Company. Uh, so they're paying us to sponsor the videos that we're producing. Um, and then there's also the YouTube revenue streams and then the, you know, the, the Google AdSense on the page, which, again, we're not making lots of money, but enough to cover our costs and kind of make it worthwhile.
2: Well, you never know where these things are going to go. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I was at, uh, I was, I was listening to um, a woman uh, at a conference recently about she, she makes videos that go viral and, uh, she created this phenom that was just so cool. And then she got a call from, I think it was uh, GQ magazine or something like that, because they loved what it was that what she was doing. you just throw that out there and you never know these surprise visits come out of nowhere that you think ultimately, how did this happen? But of course it's by consistency on yeah. what it is that you do.
3: And can I tell you a story about absolutely that? Absolutely, dude. It's about you. <laughs> so we've actually just partnered with a new app called Get Charlie, okay. and what that what that app is, it's going to allow you to do um, Skype like video calls and actually broadcast them across the the app, and then you can share them on your different social media platforms. But what makes it really cool is the the conversations and the video conferences are live, yes. and you can actually. Um, the audience can ask questions and you can also, if you, if you tip into the bucket, like if you want to, um, if you want to pay some money, you can actually be brought into the conversation. So you can then be a third party within the call. Neat. So it's a really, really cool app that again, came out of nowhere. They, they approached us and saw what we were doing and really uh-huh, liked it. Saw uh-huh. Cause basically you're going to be able to talk to, it's going to be influencers on the app. So right now, the main person on the app is Andy Roddick, the tennis player.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. And
3: yeah. he's kind of the big, the big backer right now, the big celebrity. Um, didn't, didn't, guest he,
2: didn't he just win? Um, or was it who just won the recent tennis tournament? Do you know?
3: Oh, that was um, Federer. Federer. Okay. He won Wimbledon. Yeah. yeah. So, but within this app, you're going to have all these influencers on the app, and then the everyday Joe Pavlic will be able to connect with these influencers if they want to maybe pitch a product, if they want mm. to. Um, talk to them about what they think about the latest tennis tournament or or hockey tournament, whatever that is, this person's, um, uh, specialty. So again, that came out of nowhere and only through using our platforms (laughs) on all the different social media, they came and approached us to get involved and it's a great partnership.
2: Yeah. It sounds like a great partnership and you had to be smiling when you got that initial connection yeah that is so cool. So um, let's go back to your your hockey night um, um, uh, career and as an associate producer, I mean it's uh, it's so cool that you're doing that and I think it's so cool that you're balancing off things and uh, you know a balance by the way is never it's never across the board. It's the teeter totter approach I get that but um, you know t- tell us about kind of things that keep you awake as an associate producer of hockey night. And you notice yes. I don't say hockey night in Canada
3: because <laughs> i, I got to speak your lingo. <laughs> right. Um, the biggest thing, honestly, is coming up with ideas. Uh. Um, so one of my main jobs is to create those opening montages at the start of the broadcast, yes. which sometimes you'll do it to a song, sometimes you'll do it to a voiceover, sometimes you'll do it uh. to you know, just basically sound ups from the games. Yes. And it's coming up with the right script, the right idea, the right song, the right uh, mix between the, the three things. And then once you come up with the idea, you got to be able to pitch it to your boss. Yeah. He's got to have to agree. And then everything's got to come come together. We did one uh, for Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Uh, the, the day before uh, the Super Bowl, it was Hockey Night in Canada, and it was the Leafs and the Bruins. Yeah. And the New and the New England Patriots were in the Super Bowl. So there was a tie-in to the Bruins and oh, the Patriots. Beautiful. And, Right. So our idea was to get the guy who did uh, who does the NFL films voice to voice over our, you know, tease. Yes, sir. How do you get that guy? Right. So the research had to go in to get him to find out if we had the budget to to pay him, because who knows how much this guy is going to charge. And you know what? It all came together. It all turned out really, really well. And it was one of those things where, wow, OK, this idea like clicked. We got the right guy. And then it turned out to be one of my favorite teases that I did all year. Um, And another thing, same thing happened during the playoffs this past year. We were Saturday night in New York City, Montreal, New York, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we were like, we we should do a a Saturday night live opening for this game. So we thought to ourselves, okay, well, let's do the same kind of format that they do for their openings, but let's get the guy who does the voice. And because we're (laughs) hockey night, we had some connections. Of course you know, we, we paid a pretty reasonable amount of money to get them. Um, and we got them and it turned out to be, again, one of my favorite openings for the playoffs because it was a different idea. And we had the backing of being hockey in Canada to get the people that you know, the real person, the guy who actually does yes, yes. and opening. we got yeah. him. And yes. that's one of the cool things about working at Hockey Night. But again, it's coming up with these ideas because it's, you know, you there's 26 Saturdays every year for Hockey Night, plus, you know, two months of the playoffs, all the openings have to be um, a plus opening. So it, it gets tough to come up with all the different ideas.
2: Do you ever reach back to the should Media Group, uh, network to kind of explore or listen to, you ever use that network of obviously a you know, vast array of, of media people to kind of tap into, uh, the
3: creative juices for yourself? Uh, definitely because yeah. we um during the leafs playoff run we had um people going down to maple leaf square you know there was a giant yeah. you know of fans in front of the building yeah. so we actually had friends of mine and people within the shield media group uh group itself send me their videos from their experience either inside the rink or inside the maple leaf square environment and then nice. i put those pieces into the next opening that i did nice so That was really cool. And then we had people within the media industry, you know, um, asking people on Twitter if they could send in their videos. And I got a lot that way as well. So it's all about networking in every sense of the word. Anytime really I do anything, really, is,
2: it really is. And it, but it's, but it's also about consistent networking and that equals into a relationship. And that's, that's the key. That's the key. You know, I, um, I, again, I see lots of people just kind of, you know, go to places and hang out, but they never do. And they, they have a Facebook account, they have a Twitter account and they think that they're networking because they're, they're just throwing stuff out there that's important to them bye, bye, bye And they forget about the fact is that the customer doesn't really care about them customer cares about themselves and what value you bring to the uh, to the table do you see a lot of you see a lot of um of of people not understanding
3: that yeah and i think when you go to a networking event too you got to really be cognizant of what is going on around you you don't want to be talking to the same person for too long and you don't want to really kind of monopolize their time. Right. And I find that when you go to events, sometimes people don't realize that they've been talking to the same person for 15, 20 minutes. Mm. And maybe that person wants to talk to the other 15, 20 people who are in the room and not just you, regardless of how good your pitch is or what your product is or what you do. They may just want to, you know, meet some other people as well. So that's like the biggest thing that I find from networking events. It's like, you know, realize what's going on around you and realize that there's other people there to meet everyone else and not just to talk to you.
2: Well, I love that. Good, good uh, boomerang back on that puppy. Cause it, you're absolutely right. There comes a point when you barf too much over people. Right. And I, I imagine, do you find that you get that a lot because your association with, with what you're doing with the World media group and, uh, and hockey night, people are just like, Oh, did you see this game? Did you see that game? Oh my God. Do you know the, do you know, uh, you know, um, uh, Patrick Y or whatever. Do you get yeah. that a lot?
3: Yeah, and then because I, because I'm the face kind of of the networking group. When people come to the events and they don't know anybody, you know, they'll come to me first. But which is great. Like I I totally understand that. I love that when I get to meet new people. But you're also there not just to meet me because I am not the person who's hiring. I don't have any jobs to give out. I'm just there to connect people. Right. So one of my favorite things to do when people do come to the events and don't know anybody and you know come to me first is I like to go around with them and try to introduce them to other people. Nice. Um, Which really, you know, it it makes it better for them to uh, get introduced to somebody rather than just going in cold, because I know how hard that can be. Mm -hmm. And I know that when you do see a familiar face at an event, sometimes you do want to just grab onto them and talk to them for a long time. Right on. Be be, be cognizant that that person might want to introduce other people to the room as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that
2: time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with
0: more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere.
1: Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business.
2: Thank you to our sponsors, and we are back. Let's kind of switch to journalism and the um, the uh, firestorm of of. Craziness. I mean, the, I think the whole industry is being turned upside down these days, at least in North America anyway, with regards to approaches and and uh, non-approaches and social media and internet and all those kinds of things. You know, um, what would you recommend? And uh, say my daughter graduated from journalism at King's, and, uh, you know, she's doing the proverbial teaching English now over in Vietnam, but at some point hmm. she's going to segue back to what she's going to do with her career. How would you suggest someone who... Is- is one coming into the industry, but also those, you know, the people that are, as you were in that position, downsizing's happening. What do you suggest that people who are in that that, that very important industry, how do they how would they approach a, a, uh, a livelihood over the next five years? Because you never know how things are going to change in the next two minutes, let alone five right. years.
3: Well, I would say the number one thing, if you want to get into writing or on-air work is to start your own website and start doing your own podcast and start producing your own articles on your site and make it a hub of what you can do because not only will you grow your own audience, but you'll be surprised at who actually listens and you'll get mm. people who are you know, in the media world reading and listening to your stuff and it automatically gives you a little sense of, um, professionalism rather than just someone getting a resume. They now, yeah, right on. they kind of get to know you a little bit and know what you can do. And people, the one person that comes to mind is uh, Steve Dangle, who is a YouTuber for, um, Well, YouTube, but he's been doing, (laughs) he's been doing Maple Leaf videos for the last 10 years. And he's now becoming a guy who created his own brand. He got hired by Sportsnet to do um, videos and stuff on Sportsnet's website, but he's also got his own podcast, which is sponsored. So he's making money off that as well as through YouTube and then at Sportsnet. So he's got all these different revenue streams coming in and he's driving tons of content, both online and now on Sportsnet that, you know, Five years ago, you would think a guy from the internet is going to be on TV. What are you talking about? But that's what's what's happening now. Like people who are are you know doing their own thing online are finding an audience, and they are turning that into their full time job. Another one that I got to say is a guy on YouTube. His name's Lewis from Unbox Therapy, and he basically reviews tech products and. Uh, open up, opens things that he gets from, you know, people around the world that are in the tech side of things. And he's got over 8 million subscribers on YouTube and gets like 3 <laughs> million, you know, views on YouTube per video. And he's right. from Toronto. This isn't, you know, a guy with a huge company behind him. It's just a guy yeah. who has created his own little media empire. And he probably out earns Ron McClain now per year. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, think that's... about that. The host of Hockey Night in Canada has being out earned by a guy on YouTube. Like that's, that's crazy to me. So, you know, if you're starting out and you really want to make your name for yourself in this industry, the best thing to do is get online and start creating your own content. And you can be your own editor. You can be your own boss. You can write about whatever you want. You can podcast about whatever you want. And if there's an audience and you get good, then people will find you and you can get paid for that.
2: And let's, but let and let's, let's, uh, underline that with it
3: ain't a get rich quick scheme either. By no. Doing oh, it. no. Like, like I said, Steve Dango has been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. Like he's yeah. been literally doing it for 10% of the Leaf's entire franchise history. Yeah. Like, think about yeah. that, right? Yeah. And so yeah. it took him 10 years to really, I mean, he was growing an audience the whole time, but it, it took, you know, in year 10 is when it kind of really uh took off. And now we're getting more commercial appeal. Yeah. I
2: love that reinforcement. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, um, Let's kind of talk about, um, you know, and and this is – I'm interested – if you have read or know of a podcaster, a YouTuber, whatever, that really talks about that, uh, that, uh, that dual life, if I could call it of being an entrepreneur, and I consider you definitely to be an entrepreneur, but also, uh, you know, deciding that you want to balance that off with working with an organization that is really doing some, some passionate stuff. It's passionate work for something that you're, you're connected with. Is there, is there some reference point out there that people can explore what that lifestyle is like?
3: Yeah. There's a, a podcast, um, on voices.com that's called sound stories and okay, it's really good. Stories. Yeah. It's really good for that kind of stuff. And then there's another podcast that's, that's brand new too. Um, and I can't remember what that is. Uh, maybe I'll email it to you. So you can put it in okay. like the links or something, Yeah, sure. but it's a, it's talking with entrepreneurs and with, with people who are, um, Oh, it's called the lucky few podcast. the The lucky Lucky few few
2: podcasts.
3: Yeah. And so it talks with, um, entrepreneurs and people who are starting their businesses and it's, uh, it's pretty new. Um, but it's, it's pretty good. I've listened to it a few times and I've really enjoyed it.
2: Oh, that's very, very cool. And where are they located from?
3: You know what? I don't know. I think Toronto, but I'm not, it doesn't matter. matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, that's that's the really really cool thing about it. So Taylor, um, you know, what's uh, on your journey uh, that you, that you'd say, man, I'm I'm really glad I did this one thing because of it got me on the path and, and and let me kind of let me kind of back away from that question just a second because i know that you're thankful that you took an approach to networking and relationship developing and so on and the show media group is an obvious output of that um but what is one thing other than that that you would say man that was that's one thing i'm i'm very help, very thankful for even if it was a an unhappy thing that caused you to pivot or change that you can that you talks so either way works
3: yeah well definitely it would be my layoff at cbc when i was ah. you know in 2008 2009 yes. i think it was yes i got or maybe even later i don't know i can't remember exactly when it happened uh, 2012 <laughs> 2012 it happened i guess so okay. that was you know what like the producer of hockey night came in and talked to me and said listen you're a young guy you'll be fine you know and when he says that you're like yeah, how am I going to be fine? I just lost my dream job. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. Thanks. Yeah. Like, you're not thanks sitting in my chair. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Elliot Friedman came in and talked to me. He was really yeah. kind and said, you know, if you need any help, let me know. Um, and they all said, you know, you're going to bounce back and you, you'll be fine. But it it was me actually getting laid off and knowing I was going to get laid off that allowed me to start Show Media Group, that allowed me to really expand my network and my career. And honestly, if I had been working at CBC since then to now, And just doing my everyday work, you know, nine to five, going in and doing the games and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be doing what I'm doing now. And it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have allowed me to have the journey of going to Sportsnet, going to the NHL Network, where I got to go to the Stanley Cup final two years in a row. I got to go to the Winter Classic. I got to go to NHL Draft. Like I got to go to some pretty cool things that I would never have gotten to do if I was still at CBC, Yes. Because I was, you know, so low on the totem pole that they're sending them the more experienced people as they should to all these big events. Yes. But social network, it was a bit smaller organization. Um, the people hadn't been there as long. So it, it gave me a lot more opportunity. And then, you know, by having those different opportunities, it allowed me to you know, ex- tell those stories, expand my network, expand my reach and getting laid off. Honestly, it's like you think, about how is this going to help me down the road? And yeah. I really w- wouldn't want to get laid off tomorrow. So I'm not saying like, you know, <laughs> yeah, do it that- again, do it again. <laughs> right. But at the time, it, it put me on a path that has led me to where I am now. Yeah, that
2: you, of course, you can't really see. And I, I think that's so brilliant. And I've had the same sort of scenarios. Recently, uh, one of the businesses I had went down. And, you know, at the time, it's like, oh, my gosh, but I am living a lane right now that I am just having just an incredibly wonderful time that I'm energized, I'm passionate. Yes, making money along the way, too, is, is part of it. And uh, exploring some unique opportunities as we're heading forward. So I love that you shared the the thankfulness for something that you – in. in yeah, initially thought was of course very devastating, and it can be. But ultimately, you kept moving forward, and look where you are now, my friends. Just so, so, so cool. Well, look, I know you got a hard stop soon. I'm going to let the last word happen with you. Is is there anything? This is a, a startup, entrepreneurial kind of uh, audience, coast to coast. And this actually, the great thing about having to do a recording again is because there's we now have more listeners this time around than we did the last time. So uh, you're probably going to get a lot, a lot of connections to the social group.com uh, website, but is there anything you'd like to leave us with and some, some thoughts?
3: Yeah. The number one thing I would have to definitely say is go out and, and do it. Like, don't be afraid. Like when mm-hmm. I first started the website, I didn't know how to build a website. I didn't know how to you know reach out to people who were actually really successful in the industry, but I kind of learned slowly and started building the website. And the first version of it looked terrible. But once you start, you know, developing, Um, new skills and new, new things you can learn upon and build upon. It just makes everything better. And then again, don't be afraid to go and ask for help. Like my brother's in the web web game. So I asked him a lot. He gave me a lot of help when I needed to actually interview people. I was scared, like, you know, who's going to talk to me, I have, you know, 15 views per month. No one's even on this site yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Who, who's going to actually spend their time talking to me? But it's by building those relationships and building um, the the audience that it allows it to kind of snowball and keep growing. And mm. I really like my one of my first ever interviews with was uh, with TSN's Jay Onwright, okay. who you know, big guy on Sportsnet or sorry, yeah. on Sports Center. Like he was. Uh, yeah. One of the, like the guy I looked up to, like this is who I wanted to be like if I were on TV, right. and you know he said yes right away, and you know by allowing or having him come on and do the interview on my website, it kind of gave it some legitimacy, and then I could say to other people, hey, listen, like Jay enright did this, can can you spare fifteen minutes of your time to uh, to chat with me? And people yeah. did, and. It's one of those things where you just got to get out and do it. Don't be afraid and just try to meet as many different people as you can because you never know who's uh, who can help you out down the road. Well, you're absolutely correct. And, you know,
2: in my experiences, you talk about the Jay on rights and so on. In my experiences with the quote-unquote celebrities of the, the the industry, the world, whatever, 99% of them are, are very willing to, as Kevin Spacey said, send the elevator back down to uh, bring up other people. And, and we all started with one follower on Twitter or one right. follower on Instagram. So I love that you've reinforced that. It's so, so, so important. Well, look, my friend Taylor, you have been epic for, one, your kindness to come back on the show. And I'm glad we did that too. Keep doing your magic, my friend and in uh, three for you folks uh, across the country, group.com is the place you want to go, hang out and learn some more epic stuff. So have a great
3: day, Taylor, and uh, we'll look forward to the next time we chat. Thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Take care, dude. leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode.
1: Hi, this is Sarah St. Jules, head of Future Festival at Trend Hunter. And this is Shelby Walsh, President and Head of Research at Trend Hunter, and you are listening to the Startup Canada Podcast.
2: Well, uh, you you both have been on an amazing journey. Your organization's been on an amazing journey, and as you've uh, as we've talked about some of the organizations like eBay, McDonald's, Alexander McQueen, uh, NASA, and so on, you've been connecting with. For our audience who are mesmerized, I'm sure, by this conversation, because it really is a a mesmerizing journey you're on because of what you're doing, but also where you're going, Um, can you tell us, can you tell them as to if you wanted to connect with pretty prominent brands that you're connecting with, um, is there a process to do that? Do you work small first and, you know, kind of earn your stripes or do you say you know act like uh, you know put the proverbial big girl panties and big boy underwear on and just go for it what's the strategy you think is is appropriate
1: i mean i think something different would work well for everyone i think for us or at least on my end personally what's been very successful with future festival is really finding a product or service that you can create or deliver in a way that no one else can so Future Festival designed to be an event that we can execute, that there really isn't another trend firm out there that could do it the way that Trend Hunter can. And because of that, uh, people have a lot of faith in what we do, have faith in our event, and so they keep coming back year after year because they know what they can expect, uh, just because of our level of passion and ability to
3: execute.